It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 176, The Prophet Hosea. God blessed this time in Israel's history with a lot of prophetic voices. Another one of these voices was the prophet Hosea. His life was a prophetic act. Let me explain. God asked prophets to do specific things to represent something else. In the life of Hosea, God asked him to do something that most represented what God himself was experiencing. The details in the book of Hosea are so descriptive, we get a true picture of Israel's unfaithfulness to God at this time. The prophet Hosea is probably the one who speaks to truly how unfaithful Israel was to God and how God was still pouring out his love on his people. After all, the name Hosea means salvation. First of all, let's not forget the historical setting. This is the height of northern Israel's power geopolitically, militarily, and economically. Spiritually, they are bankrupt, calling worshiping every god imaginable. It's like the Canaanites before them, with all sorts of deities mixed into their worship. Then they've got this undercurrent of God's blessing on their nation, this undercurrent of the worship of God, but it's this undercurrent that they're ignoring, and they're mixing with this horrific sin and idol worship. This mix isn't going to work for God. But like Jonah preaching at Nineveh, God is slow to anger and abounding in love and quick to bring mercy and to prevent calamity. See, the name Hosea means salvation. And what was Jonah's word to the the people of Nineveh? God was going to destroy this place because of their sin and wickedness. But there was that underlying tone and message to his judgment word is that salvation comes from the Lord. So even in the midst of this, these very menacing words and prophetic doom of Hosea, his name actually means salvation. Salvation comes from the Lord. The story of Hosea starts when God tells the prophet Hosea to go and marry a prostitute and have children with her. That's what the Bible says, and the prophet does this, and metaphorically, God is using Hosea to tell a story. God loves the unfaithful nation of Israel. They are unfaithful, and they give away their hearts and their passions and energies to total strangers. They have forsaken their first love, and their heart wanders constantly, even daily. But the Lord is faithful to her. Hosea even has children with this unfaithful wife of his. This is what's going on in Israel. God still loves his people and he cares for them and blesses them despite their unfaithfulness. Unfortunately, the more blessed Israel was, the more it sinned with others. But the Lord will never forget his people. Hosea falls in love with his wife and has children and allows his heart to be touched by what he knows to be an unfaithful bride and mother to his children. This is the Lord with so many of us. He is not afraid to figuratively get his heart broken by us, 
because his love is unconditional. It's the agape love of God that he never fails to pour out his love on his people. Israel, at the height of its power, was building more altars to foreign gods, greater ivory palaces, treasuries, alliances with other idol-worshipping countries, and living lives of luxury with no purpose but self-indulgence and idol worship. Let us never forget our first love, not just in times of desperation, but in times of luxury and progress and prosperity. Put yourself in the perspective of Hosea. He is faithful to his wife and his children, and his wife just disappears at night, returning at strange hours, smelling like perfume and alcohol from a night on the town with total strangers and horrible wayward men. Hosea cannot help but know what is going on. In his heart, he mourns the loss of his marriage and his wife, and her unfaithfulness hurts him deeply. Hosea comes to understand God's heart as he sees his people getting ensnared by sin and the death of their own choosing. He desires relationship and restoration with them, but Hosea's wife chose the world. See, the prodigal son chose the world, and the father had to let him go. He couldn't prevent him from going. He was bent on sin. Our father must release his children. His way is not control. Like the prodigal son's father, he prays for his wife every day to return. The father is always seeking and pulling his children back to him. The first three chapters of the book of Hosea tell the account of God asking Hosea to marry Gomer, the prostitute. And they go on to have at least three children, and it appears the first is theirs, and the next two actually have different fathers due to her infidelity. Because Gomer is back on the streets doing her prostitute thing. She wasn't delivered of her wayward ways before she married Hosea, and it only continued in the marriage. But in a very significant manner, it gets worse and worse. Gomer is wayward, her heart is swayed by whatever, and she is drawn to horrible men and sneaks out at night and even worships Baal in the process of her adultery. She is chastised, and it appears Hosea kicks her out of the house, and every step of the way the Lord parallels Hosea and Gomer with God in northern Israel. I mean, Israel must have been awful at this time. With idol worship all over the place, with the golden calf supreme, shrine prostitution, and violence in the countryside combined with great wealth. Reminds me of the old days before Joshua came to Israel, minus the giants. Well, God tells Hosea to call Gomer home, and he does with beautiful, poetic-type language. His previous wife and mother to their children are welcomed home, and this was the first three chapters of the book. This is the extent of Hosea's story, it, and there's a little bit more after the third chapter, but the majority of the rest of the book of Hosea is spent speaking to the horrible unfaithfulness of Israel. Judgment words with those mixed in invitations to repent. Like all judgment words, within the dialogue was words of hope. Instead of covering a lot of the detail, like we did with Amos, Let's give some of the highlights and nugget verses. Israel in the book is compared to a prostitute. He gives away her strength and purity to those who want to abuse her and take advantage of her. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. 
Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you ignored the law of your God, I will also ignore your children. What's strange here is how Israel is compared to a prostitute. See, the prostitute is typically the one who is in poverty and has no other occupation but to sell herself out to others. This is not the case with Israel. The implication here is that though they are physically rich, they are spiritually poor and ignorant, and they're selling themselves away, sapping away their strength and purity, and giving it to other nations, people, through idol worship and sin. This lack of knowledge is basically the fall of Solomon, lust, and debauchery. Hosea 2.4 I will not show my love to her children because they are children of adultery. Hosea 2.5 Their mother has been unfaithful and has conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and water, my wool and my linen, my olive oil and my drink. Hosea 5.7 They are unfaithful to the Lord. They give birth to illegitimate children. And when they celebrate their new moon feast, he will devour their fields. Hosea 6.10 I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. Their Ephraim is given to prostitution and Israel is defiled. Israel is not a good place to be right now. It's a horrible place of sin and Hosea is talking straight to the matter and unfortunately for him he is experiencing it in his own home. Yet in the midst of the horrible eye-opening words, God still speaks mercy. He actually tells Hosea to call Gomer back into his house, and God tells him to buy back his previous wife from her pimp for 15 shekels of silver. Is that not mercy? And in the middle of it all, we see the true heart of God. Hosea 6.6 For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Soon after this episode, Israel begins its swift downward descent as a national entity to become no more for hundreds of years. But this could have been prevented if the people would have heeded the words of Hosea. It's like you can set an historic time bomb for 30 years from now, the date of northern Israel's scheduled destruction. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, if you're like Hosea's wife, or even the prodigal son, there is hope for you. There is hope for everyone. Do not leave your marriage. Do not leave your children. Do not wait until you lose everything, tending to pigs in a field to sustain yourself. Find healing in God from your hurts and your pain, and stop the course of disaster you are on. As stated previously, Quit meddling and courting disaster. This is what sin is. It's courting disaster. If you find yourself like Israel or like Hosea's wife or, or the prodigal son, it's because you don't realize the unlimited arsenal at your disposal to fight sin. Here are some of the tools available to you. Spend time with God. Read the Bible. It changes you. It changes your heart. It actually does something to you that gives you strength over sin. And as you do these things, you become more interested in the things of God versus the desires of the flesh. How about this one? Talk to God. Pray to Him. Not religiously. That's fine. You can, you can do scripted prayers. 
but authentically talk to God. Speak in faith and tell your sin to go. Tell your flesh which desires to sin it must submit to God. That's powerful. How about the armor of God? Put it on spiritually and raise up a shield of faith. If you can't find relief from your sin, ask a friend or a pastor to pray for you. Two are better than one. True humility is admitting your sins. How about making sure you go to church regularly or worship God? Be in a small group of men or women where they confess and pray for each other. Be earnest that you want to be free. You don't want to be like Israel, Hosea's wife, or the prodigal son. Many find when they fast, they have greater power over the desires of their flesh. This is because your body is weakened by hunger, but your spirit is strengthened. See the arsenal at your disposal. Fight the good fight. If you go back time and time again, ask for the Lord to make you new, to deliver you from desires that well up so often. Ask the Lord to break off soul ties that bind you like Solomon was blinded. See, the arsenal just continues. Focus in prayer. Make a line in the sand. Sin is on the other side. You're not going back there again. Make a concerted focus of prayer. When you have a tempting thought, refuse it with your lips and pray the opposite over yourself, that you are pure and you see God, that your eyes and ears are attentive to the Lord. Aggressive prayers scare sin away. Tell fear to leave in the name of Jesus. You see, set your heart to hear the Lord. Be wholehearted, be faithful, be steadfast in your devotion to him, to the deliverer of your soul and the salvation of your heart. And when you are free, And when you are free, breathe the fresh air, think with a clear mind, and find fulfillment when you are called to help set others free. To be the one who sets the captives free with your testimony. Do not be an Israel. Do not be like Hosea's wife. Do not allow yourself to ever be a prodigal again. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.